0: Okay, but Raquel, I'm talking first. (laughs) Okay, go. (laughs) Okay, guys, right before we hit play, we decided we don't like our intro anymore. And this is...
1: (laughs) Well, I like our intro. It's just like we kind of are low energy sometimes. We need to to ramp it up.
0: Yes. Okay. So welcome to the 108 podcast. Welcome. Woo
1: it's also because we're really burned out on diabetes we were just talking about that so like that probably just bleeds into our intro vibe like we're just like oh here we go talking about diabetes again the thing that we're always thinking about <laughs> <laughs> so funny
0: but no you're right I do like the wording and everything and I like reminding everyone that nothing we say is medical advice and blah 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 blah, blah. which is and, still true uh, yeah like all of that but Yeah, we're going to get into it. Raquel and Kevin are maybe going to make a jingle for us. We'll see. Fingers crossed. (laughs) We'll see. Or I don't know, we can like start looking into some music. Yeah, we're going to get some high
1: energy vibes.
0: We're we're aware that we need some some background music. So (laughs) Raquel, how are you? (laughs) I feel like I haven't talked to you in a long time. I miss you. I know. I miss
1: you. Well, I'm good for the most part. I was just venting to you about how diabetes has been pretty annoying the last couple of days, and it's really put into perspective how, honestly, easy breezy it's been lately, which is nice. Like, looking back, I'm like, wow, like, I really have kind of managed this well. But ever since I recovered from COVID, I don't know. Things have just been harder like I haven't been working out as much, but at the same time, I've been very insulin sensitive, which has created a lot of lows. And I went to Knott's Berry Farm, which is a big amusement park on Sunday a few days ago, and just dealt with a lot of lows there from all the walking and also a high from like the random food that I was eating. And then when I got home, I was trying to fall asleep, like really like in that moment where you're about to fall asleep, it feels so good. And then of course my Dexcom went off and I had to wait up for a while. And the same thing happened last night too. And it's just weird because I haven't been dealing with nighttime lows at all for the last like year, I feel like. I mean, of course, there's the one-offs, but it's not like a consistent thing. And it's something that I used to deal with literally multiple days a week at least, especially when I was dancing all the time. It's like no matter what I did, as soon as my head hit the pillow, my body would relax and all of a sudden I would just go low. And it was just such an annoying part of diabetes. But yeah, so I guess it just like has come back into my brain of how annoying diabetes can be and also being thankful for how much easier it has been lately. So we'll see where this pans out going forward.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I have a question for you. So when you experience lows at night, do they tend to be those sticky lows that are really stubborn and don't come back up? Because for us, we will go in and give Hattie Whatever she'll take, juice or – right now it's gummies, which is Mm -hmm. not my favorite middle-of-the-night low snack for her, but it's whatever she'll take. And usually we'll just, like, put an alarm on to make sure that we actually, like, wake up and check again, but it almost always corrects her no matter what. So can you – do you, like, just not like doing that or –
1: No, that's actually exactly what I did. I like kept setting a 20 minute alarm so that I would see if I was going up or not. And they have been sticky lows. Like I Mm -hmm. was right at like 70 and then I dropped to 65. And then I ate something, went up to like 73, then it went back down. But then I was thinking, well, maybe it's a compression low like a little bit. So I purposely laid on the other side. And yeah. I don't know. It was like just not coming up. But then I kind of figured that my pump would kick in if I gave it another 20 minutes. And so I just closed my eyes again and then I was like 78 after that, so I just went to sleep.
0: <laughs> do you feel your lows when you're like 65 to 70?
1: Yeah, I usually okay. do. I'm pretty sensitive to feeling them.
0: Okay. But
1: but it wasn't dropping super fast. So like it wasn't a really strong low where I wanted to eat or anything like that. Like I just wanted to go to bed.
0: <laughs> yeah, cuz I'm so curious. I I forget who told me this. I think it might have been you or maybe I've just seen it around that, like, even people without diabetes can experience blood sugars in the high 60s when they're sleeping. Yeah. Like, it's just yeah. a, you know, kind of a person's natural was
1: state. I think oh. Neil did a video on that. Yeah. Like, it's pretty normal to go into the 60s, but the reason why... For type ones, they say under seventy is lows because it doesn't really get urgent until you're in the fifties. But they want to give
0: you time
1: to like get food and everything,
0: right? Okay, so this is I took that information a while ago and armed myself with it in a safe way with Hattie, where I balance what's happening and prioritize either rest for her or like not or safety safety is always number one priority but it's like I don't know I just over time figured out when she's dropping by more than two points consistently Mm -hmm. that's when I do need to wake her up and that's when I do need to take it seriously that she's going from like 74 to seventy one to 68 to 65. It's like, okay, this isn't slowing down. But I also saw that there are some times where she will be 73 for like five readings in a row and then 71 and then 70 for eight readings in a row and then 69 for three readings in a row. And if I just leave it alone, her body naturally kicks in and comes back up and then I have avoided waking her and interrupting and possibly accidentally overtreating a low which then has the pump spitting out more insulin and then we get into like this whole cycle. Yes. You know what I mean? it's and like, the Omnipod suspending for her yeah. so
1: that's helping too.
0: Yes, the Omnipod is suspending so I take a lot of the context clues like that. Yeah. into consideration before making a decision.
1: Yeah. I just remember too that when it said I was 65, I did a finger prick and it said I was like 74. And so that's how mm-hmm. I also knew like it's not as urgent as I really think. Like maybe if I just give it another 20 minutes, I'll be fine. And then lately I've been wearing my T-Slim. I used to sleep with it next to me But I'll actually put it, like, in the waistband of my shorts, like, right under my belly button, like, in the middle of my body, which sounds Uh weird. But then when I roll to one side or the other, it doesn't – like, I don't feel it because I usually sleep on my side. And it's really nice because it vibrates when I'm low. And so even if I don't hear my Dexcom go off, like, I always feel it vibrating. So I just feel better going to sleep, like, knowing that I'm probably going to wake up even if I don't hear it. So that's kind of a fun T-Slim tip if – if your child wears one,
0: <laughs> that doesn't bother you having it t- something tucked into your waistband.
1: Um, when I think
0: about that, I can—I personally envision it like always slipping down or falling out. It does with certain shorts. Okay.
1: Yeah, but sometimes I'll also—you have to like, yeah, just find the right pants or like even uh. underwear wear under them. But it bothers me less than when I roll on top of my pump when it's next to me. And that was starting to happen a lot. Like I used to do it literally my whole life since I was little. I was eight when I got my first tubed pump and I always just had it next to me. It never bothered me. I think it's because Kevin and I now (laughs) live together. And when you sleep next to someone, there's like more of like a dip in the bed. Yeah. And so there's like something about the way my pump falls that like it always rolls under me. And I always like I notice it in my sleep. And it's gone to a point where I'll just move it in my sleep. But like, sometimes I do kind of wake up and I can half remember doing it. And that means that my sleep quality is not as great, you know? Right. Yeah. So yeah. this is just what I don't really notice
0: it when it's in my waistband, as long as I have the right pants on. <laughs> oh my gosh. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Sometimes I, I'm so happy on Omnipod, but I'm also like, just curious if a different like system would work for her especially because she's so into simple carbs right now and her Mm -hmm. her eating habits are just like not amazing no matter how hard I try and how much I introduce and so I'm like I wonder if like the DIY looping would be different or if tandem would be different and then I think about the sleeping and that girl would (laughs) in her sleep, I can guarantee pick up a tandem pump and throw it across the room and throw it it off of her body.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it definitely happens. Oh, yeah.
0: So I
1: did see yesterday, Justin at Diabed Tech or whatever it is on Instagram. We should try to have him on one day. But he posted a video of like this future future tandem pump that's coming out that literally looks like an Omnipod. It's like a lot thinner. Yep. But I was like, very excited by it because it looks like there's a cartridge, like an insulin cartridge, that you just pop in. You don't have to like draw this whole, you know, syringe yep. and everything, which would save so much time. But I also love having a tubed pump a lot of the time. This is so interesting. Uh, if you listen to last week's episode with Jules, she was talking about how she felt like you couldn't wear the tandem pump discreetly, and that was really interesting for me to hear because personally. I find it to be the most discreet pump. I put it in my pocket. I tuck in the tubing and no one knows it's there. Yeah. And so that just goes to show like how differently everyone kind of, I don't know, can experience things. But yeah, Omnipod feels a lot more like visible to me because it's like this big thing on your body. So anyways, I, I do love having a tube to pump a lot of the
0: time. So this was a tangent, but. I'm excited yeah, to see what so comes out. <laughs> I think that that um, pump that he was talking about from Tandem, you can take it off your body and it just leaves behind the insert. What? That's yeah. wild. Oh, so wow. It's that's like, so interesting. It's like the base that clips – that the actual pump clips into that it's very similar to like the current Dexcom, this G6. Okay. Where – you don't put the transmitter in, like you attach yeah. your sensor first and the sensor's like that plastic shell. I'm pretty sure that that new pump, future, future pump, we have no idea what it's even called for tandem, yeah. <laughs> has basically a plastic shell with the catheter that's in your skin and then you can take the pump off and on. Yeah. Wow. is that cool? So exciting. Yes. Well, Amanda, how are you? um I'm fine we're Mm -hmm. (laughs) life is busy you know we have just some some personal stuff going on that I'm pretty much an open book but some stuff I like to keep to myself so yes (laughs) everything's fine ultimately I'm feeling a little melancholy at the moment I don't know if it's the season or I don't know. I'm definitely just burnt out. Like I I was talking to you earlier about how we're recording this on Tuesday. On Wednesdays, we usually put up a case study from one of our graphs and discuss, like, you know, what changes we made or how we bolused or whatever. And I just don't have a good graph to do for you guys. And so I'm gonna do a day in the life video instead. And I was telling Raquel that, and it's because I'm so burnt out right now. And so, like on autopilot with managing diabetes, that it feels like I just throw insulin at her when she's high, and throw food at her when she's low. Which sounds that makes me sound like a terrible caretaker. I think you can say that about yourself when you're your own person managing diabetes. But I'm gonna really put myself out there and let you guys know that I am definitely not giving a hundred percent of myself. Um, that's not to say that. I do anything dangerous at all. And it's not to say that she's suffering. Our time and range is still 85%. Like she's fine, but it's just the lines don't look as fluid and quote unquote Mm -hmm. pretty as they could. And I know I could do that, but I just don't have like the energy or the fight in me to, you know, fight her on all of her food choices and her, Activity and I'm just kind of like, oh, fuck it, be a kid. All yeah. operating mean, silently in the background, you know?
1: Yes. The way you described it is basically how I've been managing for a long time now, which is why it's really hard for me to do case studies because I don't always make the most intentional choices about everything. I just kind of throw units in my pump and move on with my day, which works most of the time. Like I'm also generally 80 to 90% in range. 95 some days but then half the time I feel like that's just some luck or I don't know maybe it's just years of experience but I just kind of wing it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah there's something about like I I don't know I I can't figure out exactly what it is I in terms of like the seasons of having a lot of energy to give to diabetes and not Like, there doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason, really. Yeah. But an example of it is like, I heard her go high last night, and I just thought to myself, like, I looked at the number and I was like, it's not that high. It's not a giant jump. I'm letting the pump do its thing. I'm too Mm -hmm. tired to get up. But on a different day with more energy, like, I would have gotten up and given. A bolus myself to bring it down faster. And so we woke up at 75% range for the first eight hours of today instead of 100% range when we usually, you know, the way we usually do. And it is like this weird mix of, I feel a tinge of guilt. And then I'm like, almost too tired to even let that guilty feeling stick around. So then it just goes away. Yeah. I don't know. Well, caregiver
1: burnout is real. Like and it's not yeah, I mean, you're managing so much all the time. So I think it's really important for people to hear that. Like it's okay that like sometimes I don't feel like doing the thing, and it's okay that you don't always feel like doing the thing too.
0: Yeah. I think part of it actually is as you're like saying that, is that our site changes have been really hard recently. She a, a few site changes ago had not a fully infected site where the catheter was, but it was definitely red, warm to touch and hard. And then each day it got better. And we just happened to have an appointment with her um, pediatrician. So I had her pediatrician look at it and she was like, oh, it's fine. It's getting better. Like it doesn't need anything. So it wasn't a significant infection, but it's still there. Like there's still a little nodule under her skin. So that's eliminating like that part of her arm for a while Mm -hmm. as it heals. And then like, she's just been so wiggly and so anti having anything like taken off her body because Mm -hmm. the tape hurts so much taking it off her body. And like, we have found an adhesive remover the like blue liquid medical adhesive remover that works for us that doesn't irritate her skin. Cause Unisol mm. like made her skin break out. Yeah. But she like, doesn't even want that on. It's just like this scream and fight. And I think that that adds to the exhaustion.
1: I bet, you know, yeah.
0: it just is like diabetes becomes very, it becomes so much more manageable than the early compared to the early days when your kids stop fighting every sight change and they stop crying with every finger poke. But then when they inevitably, especially our younger population revert back to that because like they're freaking sick of it too. They're the ones who have to endure the pain and the pokes and the prodding. It's just like there are moments where you have to weigh out as a parent. Do I wait Another hour and acknowledge feelings and be gentle and kind, or do I just pin them down and put the life saving medication on them? Yeah. Which is like the worst because it gets to the point where, like, okay, sorry, your pump mouth. Oh, this was the other thing. I didn't even tell you this, Raquel. On Mm. Friday, so just a few days ago, her pump failed and she had not, we were going to the safari park for a full day. She had knocked it at home. And I looked at it and it was still in her skin and everything was fine. It was fully attached and her yeah. blood sugar was fine. And so I was like, you're good. Yeah. And I brought backup supplies, but not a backup pump. And so we get there and like halfway in the car ride, she just started spiking. Yeah. So we get there and like halfway through, no, not even like 20 minutes into getting to the safari park, I had to give her a manual injection which she hasn't had in like eight months. Yeah. And she screamed and cried. Yes. And that was miserable and terrible. And then like, you know, we were able with that manual injection to kind of keep her low enough until we got home. But then by the time we got home, she kept climbing and she was so scarred from being held down to get an injection. Yeah. That then she didn't want to take her, faulty pump off and then she didn't want a new pump on and it's just a fight and it's like okay yeah yeah, it's like you're 375 you're gonna get ketones
1: and then she's also like grumpy from the high blood sugar probably it just adds to it
0: yes and then i ended up leaving because i went to my friend's birthday party on friday night and danny told me that later in the night After he had, like, calmed everything down. Because whenever we have hard days like that, we always end the day with, like, we love you. Are you okay? Is there anything you want to talk about? Like, Mm. diabetes sucks. This is the worst. We only do things like that. And ignore your nose for medical reasons to keep you safe, you know. Yeah. And uh, she goes, yeah, I feel fine. But maybe I feel a little not like myself and i think it's because i have a tiny bit of ketones and she had like 0.2 wow. or 0.3 ketones <gasps> yeah
1: smart girl i know Whoa. so there's just interesting a lot i'm telling you she there's a different feeling now i'm wondering <laughs> if she's gonna know that feeling too one day i'll be able to talk to her about what it is since i can never explain it
0: <laughs> i know when we were at the safari park and her blood sugar was going higher and higher and higher and we were getting into the 300s and like no amount of the bowls from the pump was doing anything. Yeah. I was explaining like you, we need to take this off. She's like, well, then a new pump. And I was like, I didn't bring one. That's my fault. You can be mad at me. You can be as angry at me as you want. And I'm learning my lesson. I will always bring a pump wherever we go from now on. But you have to have an injection right yeah. now. And she was like, but I don't want one. I just won't eat. And I was like, no, like, which is so sad, you know, because like yeah. we literally were sitting for lunch and I was like, right. no, how about like y- you need this injection. Otherwise, you're going to develop ketones. Do you remember what those felt like? And she goes, yep, I choose ketones over this injection. It you know, sad. I would have been
1: that way too.
0: <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I have not, I never
1: had injections. Once I started on a pump, I never got shots. And then- there's been like two times since where like my pump's broken. I've had to order a new pump or whatever in college and I had to give myself shots. And I was like, whoa, I have not done this ever by myself because I didn't have to give myself shots when I was little. It was always my parents doing it. Yeah. And they they just suck to me. Like they're so painful to me. So yeah, yeah I I don't blame her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't either. I don't know. So I
0: mean, it's also not the worst thing. I think it's also just in our heads, well, bad. yeah, it's because, you know, by by month four of diagnosis, she was not crying with injections anymore. And she would totally just hand over an arm or whatever as she started in on her food. so she she got super used to them, yeah, but I mean, Danny and I practice a lot not giving each other anything, but just um I wanted him to practice like the dexterity of giving injections so I know what those needles feel like going in that's not what
1: hurts it's pressing in it pressing the insulin in that hurts yeah
0: and that's the thing yeah that Uh I can't speak to at all
1: yeah yeah it's weird it really hurts whenever you push I mean depending on what insulin too like I know Lantus hurts a lot more than
0: like a Humalog or Novolog but
1: yeah Yeah, I'm sorry. That's rough.
0: (laughs) That's okay. Sorry. That was 22 minutes of me just complaining.
1: (laughs) I'm sure people can relate. Last night, my best friend, Tate, she has type 1 as well. We went to get this awesome taco place. They have like authentic Texas breakfast tacos, which I used to get in Austin all the time and I miss them. But these people from Austin opened up a place here in LA. And so we went and we got chips and queso. And we both were like totally in range, really straight line. And then you might have seen on my story, we both, towards the end of the meal, were 184, slight arrow up, exact same line up. But then we kept going up and up. So we were like sitting and talking. And then we were both in the 200s all of a sudden. So we're like, let's go for a walk. So we went for a walk. And then we're like, okay, we're coming back down. So we sat in my car and we were just talking there. And then like 10 minutes later, we were both straight up. Like I was like 250 straight up. She was a little bit lower and she's on MDI. She doesn't even use a pump. And we're both like, what was in those chips? Like what the heck just happened? So we walked again, like two more blocks. And it was one of those things where like while while you're walking, you finally stop spiking and you start coming down. And then as soon as you sit, so as soon as I started driving home, I started going up again. And so there was a lot of insulin in my system. And then that I'm sure created more of a crash when I went low, when I went to bed. But it was just the most... Annoying thing. <laughs> so yes, I still have have moments like that when I go out to eat. But it was kind of cool to see that it wasn't just me. Like we both just completely guessed wrong. And yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: the there is something so special about being able to like I don't know, just obviously dying Yes, yeah, yeah. We're, we're actually special. gonna. Go see a die after I pick the girls up from school today. So yay, awesome! I'm excited for Hattie. Um, okay, should we get into the actual? Yeah. Topic? <laughs> <laughs> well, we wanted to do
1: like a fun episode about like recapping 2023 in our like personal life, diabetes life, Type One Together world, and also like our goals and what we're hoping for 2024 to look like. Yeah. So. Let's start with this last year. Like, how do you feel? Like it all went. This was, yeah, this was a big year for both of us. Yeah, but, this yeah. was a
0: a big year. This was the year that was the most uh, professional change I've ever experienced in my life, which is very interesting. So, for those of you who don't know, I reached out to Raquel in October of twenty twenty two. So like 10 months after Hattie was diagnosed, we had one call, it went well, I had no intention of asking for anything. I literally was just like, hey, do you have a parent to parent support group basically Mm -hmm. or like some sort of, yeah, something like that because I, the community needs it. And then you randomly asked me to make a video for the Honey Health app and I, knowing what I know now, <laughs> was <laughs> you testing to see how camera ready. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I wanted more parent voices. I was very excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. And that first video is the most cringe video I've ever. <laughs> it's so, I was so nervous. It took me 90 minutes to film. <laughs> it was so bad. But then from there, like, I don't know. things just randomly took off there. I think I made four or five videos for Honey Health that only Honey Health saw, and there yeah. was one video that you asked to put on Instagram, right? Yes, I don't remember,
1: honestly. It was so weird. Like I was trying to pinpoint when we really decided to go full force on this together. and I it's like all a blur, but I do remember I was in San Diego visiting my dad who was there at the time, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll meet up with this mom because, like, I meet up with a lot of people from Instagram because I'm always like, you never know where it's going to take you. And it's so nice to connect with families in our community. And so, yeah, we just met up. And then that conversation really like took us into further ideas. And I was like, wait, yeah. this person's actually really cool. I mean, I meet a lot of parents and they're great, but like, I never think that we're going to work together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What was your impression of that day? Because I remember just feeling like I was kind of a mess that day and I was just like,
0: blabbing on to you no I didn't think it was gonna go anywhere (laughs) I I didn't think it was gonna go anywhere either like well actually that's not true you had asked me to like come armed with ideas of like what I meant when Mm -hmm. I very first reached out to you and said hey I think there needs to be some sort of like parent to parent connection service or something and um yeah. And so I had definitely like written some ideas down. I was pretty nervous. Mm-hmm. You felt very famous to me. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. <laughs> I did. I mean, you did. I was like super anxious. And yeah, I think that that was, that day was, I mean, one, you're just like the easiest person to talk to. And we just click. Our personalities click really well. Yeah, We have the same like morals and values. I think that was evident pretty quickly. And then the conversation about you and Hattie sharing a di- diversity was like, that was chills central for both of us. And then I had kind of, I think, just shared with you like my experience of being introduced to one mama. Um, shout out to Caitlin if you're listening she's still one of my like best T1D mamas and we still communicate all the time but I just shared that story with you where it felt like I was mentoring her and I like going like hearing her experience made me realize like oh my gosh my terrible experience is not unique at all and what I considered to be a terrible experience was like freaking amazing compared to this other experience that they were having and so I kind of just was like I want to do something like that I just want to help you know yeah
1: I do remember you telling me your whole story in more depth on like when we met at the coffee shop and I remember just thinking and I think I said to you I'm like as crazy as this all was for you I've heard the story a thousand times like you wouldn't believe how many times I've heard this story and yeah Now you get to hear that story from everyone. But we're changing the world together, hopefully, so that at least when people have those situations, they have a good place to go for more resources. So anyways, we,
0: yeah, we started. We just kind of started having meetings every once in a while. You're basically like, okay, I don't have anything planned exactly, but let's like meet again in two weeks. Something so we like had that. like, yeah, we had a meeting in two weeks, and I yeah. came list with or armed with this list of ideas, and so did you. And eventually, we settled on like the T1D diagnosis made simple course, because yes. <clears throat> yeah, my biggest thing was like, okay, if we can get in front of newly diagnosed people and give them all the information that I wish I knew right away, we can like save months or years of heartache and challenges yeah yeah and I think
1: there was a conversation that we had where you just like seemed like you're ready to go all in and I was kind of like I really need someone on the team who is a parent and who understands that side of things and I had been looking for someone for a while but it just seemed really hard to find someone that number one had the time and also who was willing to show their face online and that's just like the reality of what we're doing and to share so openly about their true experience because that's the whole like purpose of type one together I feel like is to share the real and so yeah you just like checked all those boxes and (laughs) we jumped in so yeah so yeah you have learned so much about social media and creating graphics and marketing and getting on calls and sending emails and like all this stuff and it's very impressive actually like how far you've come I and
0: how- yeah appreciate it it feels silly but I am proud of myself for sure like you know I went to nursing school and that was in 2012 to 2014 and then like went straight into nursing. I've never held a corporate job. I didn't need to learn how to use Excel spreadsheets or type up corporate emails or have Zoom meetings. Like I freaking went to the hospital, I charted what I did, I did medical procedures, I saved babies yeah. and then I came home. And so
1: it was which just, is also insane like you say that like it's nothing it was crazy that you you did all that you've just had to shift gears to something completely different
0: yeah but it's completely different in the way that it feels like the rest of the world functions mm. like this for the most part Yeah. And it's so it was so like new and scary for a little while until i s- until we started like really seeing the positive effects of it you know like and yes once it was like I put out a really vulnerable video and got dms of people being like oh my gosh this changed my perspective or you're the only one who's ever who I've ever like heard it explained like that this is exactly it or like I finally don't feel alone like those messages have kept me going all year long yes and then. Yeah. I don't know. Shout out to you, Raquel. You're literally the best boss and you're so patient oh. and you're like such a good teacher at all this stuff because you're saying you're so impressed with me learning how to edit I and stuff. Am. Like, <laughs> no, that, that didn't happen just because that was you being like, okay, we're going to sit down and I'm going to teach you how to do
1: this. But you're so like willing and open. I don't know. We just work so well together. There's no better way to put it. We really, really do. And yeah. you're so you're reliable and I can trust you and we both just want the best for each other in every way. And we're just such good friends and like, there's just, it it is such a good match. And the fact that Patty and I were diagnosed on the same day, like there's just something going on here where it was definitely meant to be. And yeah, type one together has completely changed this year for the better. It's everything that I always wanted it to be. We're on track for so much more. I cannot wait. We are just getting started and Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of moments right before you came on that I almost stopped. And we were growing and there were a lot of good things happening. But the amount of time that this stuff takes, the amount of stuff that Amanda and I are doing on the daily on the back end. I mean, we're communicating all day long, all night sometimes, on the weekend, (laughs) like whenever we can make it work. And I don't think that's necessarily evident when someone just follows us but there's just so much to what we do that we don't show and it's a lot of work to do on my own and it was a lot of work for like no pay for literally three or four years yeah. <laughs> so it was just getting to the point where I was like okay this is growing clearly people need this but like something has to change in order for this to be sustainable and things have completely changed and now we're we're really moving in a direction that I think we're both really excited about.
0: Yeah, I agree. Do you want to move on to the topic of like what our kind of general business goals are for 2024 so people know what to expect?
1: I mean, we're not going to spill all the tea. You're going to have to stick around and (laughs) see what's coming. But in general, we want to get you all more personalized support. That's something that we get a request for a lot but we're also only two people. So, and we, we don't necessarily, or I don't want to like grow a gigantic team. Like I love having a small team. We definitely could use some help with some things, but um, we also don't want to just be like hiring new people left and right. Like we love our, our little community. So yeah, so look out for some really cool opportunities to work more directly with Amanda and I in the new year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And we have a lot more of what we're already doing. So we're going to be bringing back the auto mode workshop quite a few times throughout the year. That's for Omnipod 5. We're going to be also bringing in a T-Slim one that I'll be leading, which I'm really excited about. And then more grandparents courses. Those have been really popular. And so I'm going to be doing that more often throughout this year. And we're going to be revamping it a little bit so that Amanda's more involved in that as well plus some other fun people and we are starting to work with some awesome bigger brands which is really exciting because it allows us to continue to bring more free resources to all of you our podcast obviously is a huge focus for the next year we really want to grow the show get more guests on and just expand that yeah We'll be at Friends for Life again. Yeah, I'm so excited. We got to start planning (laughs) that. I
0: know, I know. Yeah, I feel like so. I can I do you mind if I just like hop in and say please what type one together like what our goal what we want it to look like type one together is like see we want it to be the one stop shop where. If your child is diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, you are automatically directed to type 1 together, the same way that most people are kind of automatically directed to JDRF. And there's space for both of us and there's space for more resources too. So we're not just, just so I, you know, am clear. We work
1: with a lot of the other organizations and we love collaborating. Including
0: JDRF, yes. Yeah. And so basically, in in that breath, a family's diagnosed or doesn't know about us and first hears about us and then comes to find us. And we're this big goodie bag where you pick and choose what you need, the various Mm -hmm. kinds of support and products and resources that you need in that moment. What do you need day one? What do you need year five? Type one together is likely going to have something for you. Mm -hmm. And so... We that means a collection of things that do cost money because Raquel and I do need to make a living. Yeah, lots and lots of free resources. I mean, Instagram yes. is chock full of so mm-hmm. many free resources and super parents, educational community videos. So yes. many
1: videos that are not ever going to be on Instagram, and so yes. much
0: yeah, so much value there. All of that Very stuff. Great. Our diet buddies. Fun sweatshirts, maybe merch, Raquel and I have talked about. There's no like set anything for that, but we would love it. And then the podcast, obviously being a free resource. and yeah, in that in that way, like the idea, like I said, is you have a child who's diagnosed with type one, you're searching for something, you're not sure what it is. You mm-hmm. show up to type one together and you find what works for you in that moment, and we've got it for you.
1: Yeah. And we're really starting to see word of mouth spread, especially about the babysitter list. And that's actually another area in 2024 that we are really putting a lot of work into. So we have like 1,560 something sitters right now, which is crazy. Yeah, Really crazy. But of course that still doesn't leave everyone in every single little city and small town in the U S covered. Although we also have quite a few sitters now that are international, but we are working to connect with tons of summer camps, type one summer camps across the U S in 2024 and kind of work to get all of you, those resources of, Hey, these are camps that you can potentially send your kids to or go to as a family. A lot of them have family camp options. And they're also helping us reach to their counselors because a lot of them either have type one or they are clearly trained in how to care for type one because they are summer camp counselors. And so that's going to be opening up a lot more babysitter options in the new year. And I want to give a shout out to Nat. She is our new intern. We're going to be introducing her to the community more formally soon. But she's really helping grow the sitter list. And she loves with diabetes herself. She's a student and is bringing just so much help to Amanda and I. So yes. thank you. Thank Not you. Matt. We best. love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, what was I saying right before that? We are going, oh, the word of mouth. So we're starting to get a lot of messages from clinics, like At NYU, at USC, like all these different places are finding out about us because you all are spreading the word, I think, or maybe they're just finding us online, but that is so meaningful to us. So thank you. And also, you can continue to tell your healthcare providers about us because we're not trying to overstep or do anything that they're doing. We're trying to be hand in hand with them and help support people along their journey beyond what they often have the capacity to do. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's so exciting.
0: I actually have kind of a funny story. So, a few of my friends from high school that I'm still close with went to med school. So, I've got a couple doctor friends in my life and I was talking to one of them when you and I were first writing and starting to um, put together our T1D diagnosis made simple course. And I was telling him that I Was actually a little bit anxious that if doctors caught wind, they would be very anti. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, I was just explaining Mm -hmm. to him, it's so frustrating because I do understand that they have to practice within a legal umbrella to save themselves and to, you know, like be wary of their patients' well-being and whatever and like the do no harm thing. But at the end of the day, so much critical information is slipping through the cracks leading to a really poor quality of life for these patients. And then you end up as a physician having more work to do because you have parents or caregivers constantly contacting you, asking for help and adjustments Mm-hmm. And I was telling him, like, what – as a physician, what would – what do you think? And he just said, I'll tell you one thing. If they are super anti and they refuse to share resources like that with their patients, they're wrong. You're mm-hmm. not. So keep yeah. going. And Aww. it just, like, meant so much to me. He He's not an endocrinologist. He's totally separate. But, like, to hear a doctor – say that you know yes. meant yeah. so well I think I
1: definitely complain a lot about like wow how could doctors not tell you this and all this stuff and we get feedback a lot that they don't want to overwhelm the patients when they're first diagnosed and that makes a lot of sense like your brain is full of so much information you can't take every little detail in but then what happens is a week later, two weeks later, a month later, these parents don't even know that there's such thing as a Dexcom follow-up or like these little things that are actually really big things. And it's like no one told them because they didn't want to overwhelm them. So where are they supposed to go to get all of this information? Yes. That's what we're trying to do.
0: Yes. And the other thing that like I do understand the whole, well, we don't want to overwhelm people Mm -hmm. with all this information, but there's a way – in my opinion, to share this information so stripped down that you mm-hmm. get all the information that's necessary across without all the fluff. When you teach yeah. from a textbook, you're filling the education process with medical fluff. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that at least is, you know, like my intention. It's our goal. And I think we do get there with a lot of our videos. Yeah. Of like take this fluff away, real world or like metaphors that help you make sense of what's going on. Yeah. And then from there you can learn the more like fluffy, nitty-gritty stuff later, but at least you are armed with critical information early on. So things make sense when they're happening. Yes.
1: yes absolutely. Okay, so that's a little bit about type one together. Do you have any,
0: like, diabetes-related goals? Oh, yeah. I forgot we were going to talk about this, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Okay. So yes and no. No, mm-hmm. because you're asking me right now when I'm tired and feeling slightly yeah. burnt out. <laughs> and so I'm just kind of like, no, it's fine. And that, that in and of itself is a goal because basically that means just keep status quo Yes. In status quo, right now, is running on autopilot, feeling a little burnt out. And we're still seeing a range of like 80 to 80% in time and range, which I'm mm-hmm. super happy with. That typically leads to a good A1C and to her feeling pretty good. If I'm, I do kind of have like this sort of obscure goal that's, I'm not going to live or die by but I think that dialing like really understanding the pump the way that I do and dialing in more of her habits and really like understanding how things work I would love to see our time and range reach 90 Mm percent for the 90 day and if I can kind of operate on autopilot let her eat what she wants Not freak out when school doesn't get it perfectly or, you know, babysitters don't get it perfectly and still see a 90% range. Like, that's a huge, huge win.
1: Yeah. Do you have like two or three specific things that you would do to try to make that happen? (laughs) Because I've had that before where I'm like, I want to reach this much percent in range. But like, sometimes it's a goal that ends up not being met because I didn't actually break it down into, well, what am I going to do?
0: Yeah. To change that. So I I really need to get back into pre-bolusing instead of just bolusing extra right as she starts eating. Same. <laughs> um, but it's really hard. P- pre-bolusing with kids who don't know what they want to eat is really, really hard. And it's really hard with kids who say, I'm starving and take two bites and go, I'm full. Or kids who say, no, I'm not that hungry. And then they're like, I'm so hungry. I want six extra helpings. It's like so so challenging but if I can pre-bolus any time it feels possible I should be doing that and then like a lot of stuff <laughs> is I I don't count out my carbs anymore I just like guess so yeah. much and it's a really a product of like laziness and I get it kind of right most of the time and you know whatever like and enough, so yeah yeah it's good enough but if i like can just go back to my own set of tricks which is leaving measuring cups out on the counter in like a cute little basket and just forcing myself to measure out a half a cup of cheddar rockets instead of just throw some in a bowl and telling myself that's probably half a cup yeah <laughs> like it's probably going to lead to better control you know yes yeah yeah, okay, Those are good things.
1: What about I, you? Yeah, mine are a little bit similar. I want to get – so I just – I've already said this a few times. I throw diabetes. Like I just kind of throw insulin, throw food, whatever, and it kind of works. And I've been pretty in range. But I am curious at backtracking a little bit, trying to count carbs a little bit more, even though I never do and I hate doing it, and really dialing in my settings a bit more. I understand the T-Slim pump pretty well, and I'm also going to do an even deeper dive into all the most recent settings and updates um, before we launch our T-Slim deep dive masterclass. And so I'm excited to do that because it'll kind of force me to also look at my own settings again and make sure that, I don't know, just everything is as correct as it can be, even though I don't really believe it's ever possible to have a perfect basal rate. Yeah. So just like being more intentional and trying to get out of autopilot a little bit, which I'm in it right now because I am also a little bit burnt out and that's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with it, but I think I would save myself some headache by actually paying more attention. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. And making sure that my carb ratio is right. I think that's a big one. (laughs) This morning I actually did because I had like a english muffin with cream cheese and smoked salmon for breakfast i've been kind of tired of eggs and eggs are so easy in the morning because they don't have as many carbs and i'm super insulin resistant in the mornings so i kind of have to figure out like okay how much do i need for these carbs and so i did just bolus what was on the back of the package for the english muffin and i'm just kind of testing out my carb ratio because i haven't done that in a while
0: so did it go okay
1: It went okay, but then I think I ruined it with my coffee, which I didn't properly dose for. So I need to like separate the two and Yeah. Yeah, do one thing at a time. But yeah, I'm really excited for this next year. I am likely going to be moving. I'm not gonna tell everyone where, but let's just say it's gonna make work life a lot better. So you might be able to figure it out. And that's what I'm most excited for. Like I can't wait to for Kevin and I to have our own space right now. We live with some of his family and also the place we're moving will just be very fun so I'm gonna leave it at that but I just cannot (laughs) wait for this next year it's gonna be so good like I can feel it like we're just in a place where Typhoon together is gonna grow so much more you and I are gonna have so many fun adventures like going to different events this year I know yeah that's always the most fun
0: (laughs) I'm like really really excited for friends for life
1: me too I hope a lot of people (laughs) from our community are coming my headphones keep falling off because of the why. Way that my- <laughs> It's because my hair is like half a half down, and so my ponytail is like <sighs> pressing down on it. Oh I'm pretty sure. no,
0: that's so know. annoying. It's weird, but okay. Anything else you wanted to share about next year before we hop off? No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh well, actually, next year Hattie starts TK at the local public school, and. Yes, I'll dive deep into this in a to- in a different episode, but I already called the school just to establish a relationship and the nurse yes. called me back and was like, "Thank you so much for calling. Let's hear it all." Okay, and so yeah, and I it it seems like it's not going to be as dedicated or controlled as her current preschool, which I can't expect because her current preschool teacher mm-hmm. is like on it like a hawk. Yeah. But they do follow Dexcom. And that is the main piece of information I wanted to know. Yes. <laughs> so that is will okay. that. I'm excited yeah. to hear
1: more about that. Cool. Should yeah. we do a roll call real quick?
0: Oh, yeah. God, we've been forgetting to do that, huh? We
1: have been. <gasps> we suck. Yeah, that's okay. right. Where are I you? I am 183, slide arrow down.
0: Finally. Patty is 200. It's fine. I'll take it. She was snacking and eating like crap all day. <laughs> okay. All right. We,
1: yeah, we'll talk to you all. I think next week. I keep getting confused. We may or may not be taking a little bit of time off for the holidays, but we'll we're taking hear from the week soon week
0: enough after Christmas off.
1: Yeah. So the week after yeah. this one comes out
0: oh yeah. yeah yeah
1: okay cool all right. all right thank you all don't forget to rate review and subscribe keep spreading the word y'all are amazing we can't thank you enough for an incredible year and we'll talk to you soon bye love you guys bye